This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, welcome everybody. It's so good to have you with us today. We have a treat for you. We call it five by five. Five speakers, five minutes each. I can't wait for you to encounter this. So today, let me introduce our speakers for today. First up is Brian Barker. Brian serves our missions pastor. Brian and his wife, Jen, uh, serve here so faithfully. Brian's not just super faithful here, but he's an amazing friend. I love him so much. Then Maddie Brown, who started out as an intern years ago, just sweeping floors and washing dishes, but now she's our church administrator and student pastor. We love her. She's a prominent voice moving into this next season. Uh, Erica, who is such a gift. Erica Roberts serves as our worship pastor. Um, Many of you have got to kind of encounter her ministry on Sunday, but you get to hear a little bit more of her story today. We love her. Zach Harwood, who, I mean, I, I, I mean, first of all, we had to have some eye candy up here. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just did. Zach went on a mission trip this past year, and uh, man, all the girls apparently in Honduras fell in love with Zach. Zach, Zach I, I go on a trip every year with our students, and uh, man, it's been so fun. Zach's been on every one of them as of starting in like seventh grade all the way back when and I've got to see him grow up y'all he just started Bible college working in student ministry so proud of the young man you're growing up to be it's been a, one of the pleasures of my life to see what God is doing in you and last but definitely not least I'm biased my favorite up here is my wife Amanda uh, Vortex Church wouldn't exist if it wasn't for her she's a joy Uh, and a prominent voice within our church. So I just want to encourage you today to get your hearts open, get ready to receive from the Lord today. So uh, would would you just put your hands together and welcome my friend Brian who's up first. All right. As Pastor Kevin said, my name is Brian. I'm currently serving as the mission, what do we say, director, pastor? pastor. Um, At one time they called me a campus pastor. Next, I'm going to be a worship leader. Like I am just, I am moving up the ranks here. I'm so excited about that. The truth is I don't really care what they call me. I'm just thankful that uh, I have a place that I can serve. I'm thankful that I got a church family that just loves on my, my entire family. I'm just thankful for a pastor that just said yes when so many people would say no taking a step of faith in a a small town of Albemarle. I knew you already knew it, but you were in better places. You were in better cities. Pastor Kevin believes in me more than most people that I've ever come into encounter with, maybe just second to my mom, and she has to believe in me, right? She has to, but I'm just so thankful for him, who he is as just just a person, a pastor, a friend. He, I could go on forever because he wears a lot of hats in our relationship, which is good for you, right? Because keeps your head warm um but it's, i'm just so thankful for him and two other guys in my life that i just want to thank before i get started one is uh my father-in-law i've 
I'm so thankful for him. I probably never actually thanked him other than coming to fix something because I'm still not on your level with being able to fix everything in the house. But I'm just so thankful for the example that you've given me and the picture you've given me of not just being a father, but um, a husband. Like I, I didn't grow up in a family where 50 years of marriage was possible and we just celebrated their 50th anniversary. And it's just, I don't know, it's a beacon of hope that I never thought I'd get to experience. And I'm so thankful for you being in my life and really you allowing me to marry your daughter. Um, and, the, and my oldest son who um, encourages me every day and he doesn't even know it, but uh, he, he is by far the most disciplined person I know. And when he finds something that he likes or he wants to be better, he goes and does it. Like he, was a, he, he wanted to learn how to do a Rubik's Cube. He thought I was gonna teach him. I was like, can't teach you that dude. But he learned how to do it. I think his record was like nine seconds. Then he was like, I wanna play guitar because I'm going into student ministry. So you get him a guitar. And now like eight months later, he's on, on the stage playing with the student band. Like it, it's so great. I'm so thankful for all these relationships and the people that God's putting in my life. But if I'm completely honest with you, these, these type of relationships didn't exist before I had Christ in my life. I didn't put Christ in the middle of anything in my life. The people, um, my actions, Christ was so far distant, something I didn't even want to think about, ever, ever talk about or anything. And, and what I found out was that everything I did just left a void. Everybody I came into contact with left me longing for something else. And it's because without Christ, I was just, I was unsatisfied. Um, I lived a life basically just searching for that. It was a never-ending fulfillment. I could never find anything in my life that made me feel complete or that just satisfied me at all. Um, scripture puts it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them. And see, while this scripture specifies money, for me, it related to the desires in my life, to the idols that I had had in my life, that I was, I was pursuing them. I was pursuing the satisfaction out of different things in my life. But all it did was create more cravings. It's like going to a buffet, but I could never be full. I just kept visiting and kept visiting and kept visiting it. And that's where I struggled growing up just my self-indulgent behavior. Like, I, it was all about my desires. What did I think was right? What did I think that was gonna fill me up? And uh, if I, look, I had some fun. I'm not gonna lie. When I was growing up, I had a lot of moments of fun, but what I didn't have was any joy. I didn't have any joy. I didn't have any successes. I never succeeded in anything in my life, or at least I felt that way growing up. It was really, I was just compounding one bad decision on another and another and another. And I actually, I was talking to Stu, which Stu spoke in first service, guys. So if you missed that, go listen to that, man. Stu just, he made an incredible step of faith. I had some time. I, I didn't have that in my notes if y'all had some time, but Stu's testimony was so powerful and encouraging, man. I love that guy and I love his heart. But I was talking to him the other day and I said, Stu, I just wish there would have been a gateway verse that I could have got a hold of, a gateway scripture that I could have got a hold of and ran with. Instead, what I found, I found other things. At 14, I started using drugs. At 16, I was taking my first ride in the back, back seat of a cop car. At 17, I'd have been kicked out of high school sports. At 18, I got a DUI. At 19, I failed out of college. At 21, I was evicted from my apartment. At 22, I, had, I, I got addicted to gambling, so I had a debt that I had to call on some help for. And then at 23, my then girlfriend, she said enough was enough. Like she waited to my birthday weekend. That's how bad I was. She was like, how am I gonna show this fool something? She, she left me on my birthday weekend. 
Everything in my life that I tried to do to fulfill a gap and a void in my life only left me more unsatisfied until I was 24. When I was 24, I asked Jesus to come into my life. I didn't know, I, at that time, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just said, I don't know what's going on, but Jesus, I've tried everything else. Jesus, can you come into my life? Can you just be the center of all aspects of my life? And let's see where this journey takes me. So I did that and I started serving. As I started serving, my relationship with Jesus grew. My faith started growing. And what I learned was that I was gaining satisfaction, that true satisfaction is embedded in our faith. And that's what Christ wants for, for us. He wants us to be satisfied. He was the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have the ultimate satisfaction. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants us to have a fulfilled life. Not only does he want it, he's already given it to us. And this scripture is my confirmation that in Christ, I am filled. I am filled. And like I said, he's already given us a full life. He's already given us grace. No matter what we do, no matter what we've done, his love is there for us in our life. You can't change that. But what you can do is position yourself in a way to receive that. And what that takes, it, it takes surrendering. So I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know what voids you have in your life, but any area that you're struggling in, if it's your marriage, if you feel like your marriage is breaking, you can surrender that and Jesus can fix that. If you've got relationships in your life that you are so busy running away from, you need to stop and surrender that to Jesus. Let him get into these spaces in your life that you have a void. Let him be the healer, the redeemer. Let him get in there. All you have to do is surrender. And if you do that, I promise you, there is satisfaction on the other side of surrender. And if you need prayer for anything today, I'll be outside. I'd love to pray with you guys. Thank you. Thanks for kicking off, Brian. Like Pastor Kevin said, I'm Maddie Brown, and I really have the honor to get to be on staff here at Vortex as the student pastor, church administrator. If you would have asked me four years ago if I would be up here, I would have said no. Um, but here I am. Um, before getting started into my story, I do have some people to thank because I would not be up here if it wasn't for the people in my life. So first to Pastor Kevin and Amanda. Uh, Y'all are my adopted mom and dad, and you've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I stayed in your house for a week. Uh, <laughs> adopted, yeah. Um, but truly, I, I couldn't thank you enough. Um, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for y'all. Um, so thank you to both of you. Um, to my parents, both of you are in the room. Y'all see me from birth to where I am now, and you've loved me. You've been there during the hard times, and I'm so thankful for both of you. Um, I could go on and on for people that I could thank, um, but I don't have that time. So you know who you are. Um, if you're in my life, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for you guys. So to get started in my story, who I was without Christ, without Christ... I was fearful. I was fearful. Without Christ, I was fearful. And before getting into my story, I want to define what I mean by fearful because 
I know there's a lot of definitions of fear and fearful, but for me, fearful means that when I feel fear, I lived in fear. I felt fear, so I lived in that fear. You see, when I was young, I had this fear of being alone. And so in the way I lived was I was never alone. And it even affected my sleep. You see, I would start in my bed, but I would either end up sleeping in the room where my brothers were, or I would be in my parents' room sleeping with them. You see, I did not like to be alone, so I lived in that fear. I lived in, okay, I'm just going to put myself in a position where I was never alone. And so that's what I did when I was younger. And so I grew up, and thankfully God redeemed that fear of being by myself at night. I can sleep by myself today. (laughs) Um, But as I grew older, I still had that fear of being alone And there were other fears as well, the fear of failing, the fear of disappointing people. There were so many. I could go on and on. And instead of choosing to live in faith, I choose to live in fear. And it messed up relationships I was in in high school, college. And even when I began college, I started facing anxiety and panic attacks. You see, I felt the fear and I lived in that fear. And I want to point out, while I believed in God, I grew up going to church. My family went to church. I knew that God was good. God was faithful. But instead of believing in Him, I believed in my fear and I lived in it. But thankfully, God met me where I was at when I was a junior in college. He met me more than halfway You see, I was at a conference, at an art conference who were planted through at Vortex, and I was in a breakout session full of women, and I was there by myself in that breakout session. And I don't remember a whole lot of what the women said, but I remember one thing that this woman said. She said, fearless is not the absence of fear. It's coming face to face with your fears and trusting God with it. You see, in that moment, I truly believed God freed me from my fears. And I would love to say that when I say freed me from my fears, that he took them away. But that wasn't true. You see, the fears were still there. I still had the fear of being alone, the fear of failing, the fear of disappointing, the fear, the fear, the fear. But I knew in that moment that I didn't have to live afraid. That I had a God that was bigger, that I could trust in trust in him when I had the fear you see without God I was fearful but with God I am faithful and again I want to clarify what I mean by faithful you see in Christ I am faithful faithful meaning I feel the fear the fears are still there but instead of living in that fear I can choose to live by faith And in that moment when I was sitting there by myself in that room while these women were talking, what I didn't see coming was that God was about to get me really comfortable with facing my fears. And instead of choosing fear, I'm going to choose faith. I didn't realize that in that moment, God, I was in school to be a teacher, but I didn't realize God in that moment was going to call me out of teaching and to be in full-time ministry. I didn't realize that. 
You see, I didn't know that a couple months later that God was going to call me out of a relationship I was in for four years. I didn't realize God was going to call me to be up here speaking today. You see, a couple years ago, I didn't realize that I was going to have to go through a really difficult season with my family of my parents getting divorced. You see, I didn't see all these things were going to happen. And if I'm being honest, all of these things caused fear in my life. Oh, they did. But because I had God, because I had God in my life, because he is faithful and he is good, I could choose to live by faith. And I know this because Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong. Be fearless. Don't be afraid. Because the Lord your God is the one who marches with you. He won't let you down and he won't abandon you. You see, I could say, okay, God, I'm trusting you because he commands us to be strong, to be fearless. He says, don't be afraid. You see, living with Jesus means you can do it afraid because he is faithful and always with you. He is the one. So I want you to imagine today where you are in your life. Are you like me who feels the fear and chooses to live in fear? Are you the one that feels the fear but can live by faith? You see, imagine how different your life would be if you stopped living in fear but instead chose to live in faith. Because I can say, if he, could, if he could bring me out of my fears, if he could free me, he can free you too. Thank you. Y'all, I love me some Maddie Brown. If y'all have not seen me and Maddie together, you're missing out. Sorry. So um, as Pastor Kevin said earlier, I'm Erica Roberts. I serve on staff here as our worship pastor. So you guys get to see me on stage a lot. I want to take a few minutes just to say a few thank yous. Um, first to Pastor Kevin. Y'all, he believes in me. He trusted me with this position. He still does. Um, but not only is he a leader, a mentor to me, but he is my friend. And I'm so thankful for his influence in my life and also Amanda, um, just the way they have guided and loved me. A big thank you to my whole entire worship team. Y'all, Sundays don't happen without them. This, this worship experience only happens because they're willing to serve and use their talents every Sunday. And they do it with the most humble attitudes. And, and they just make it so fun. I'm so thankful to them. Um, special thank you to Ed and Camille Austin. Y'all, Camille is that hype woman that everybody needs in their corner. She's going to encourage you, love you. And if you don't know Miss Camille, you're also missing out. Um, and then Ed, two things about Ed, I can promise you. Every Sunday, he's going to make fun of me, but he's also going to make me laugh, okay? He just, they, both of them just love us so well, love our team, encourage our young leaders, and I'm so thankful for their friendship. And also thank you to Taylor and Braden, who have served as our worship interns the last year. I've loved getting to watch them just um, press into what God has for their lives and just to grow in this role, and I'm so thankful for them. Lastly, a thank you to my family, um, my parents, my boys who give me grace, um, and most importantly, my husband, Jason, because Sundays also don't happen without him. He gets our kids ready. He encourages me, supports me, and still serves himself. He's going to be late, but he's going to serve. I love you, Jason. Thank you for all that you do for our family. So in keeping with the theme today, um, I get to talk about who I was before Christ. So without Christ, I was insecure. Insecure. 
And I mean insecure in who I was at my core, in the woman that God had called me to be. And that's because I was not secure in my relationship with Christ. See, I grew up in church all my life. My parents made faith a priority from a very young age. We prayed together as a family at night. We served in our church. I've been singing in church since I was five years old, thanks to my grandma. (laughs) So, you know, I've always known who God was. I've always believed in him. But I didn't always have a deeply personal relationship with God. See, when I was thinking about it back on my younger days, especially my teenage years, I realized that I searched for validation from people, not from God. I would describe myself as a person that was kind of half confident, right? Like, I knew I was good at certain things. Sports was not one of them. You can ask my sister. She got all them genes. But, you know, even the things I was good at, I needed that positive reinforcement from people. I also struggled with the fact that I had good friends, but I wasn't really in the in crowd, right? Like, I still had that desire to be popular. I wanted to be liked by everybody. So much so that I was willing to sacrifice part of my identity to fit in. See, I placed too much value on what people thought about me versus who God wanted me to be. You know, I always believed that God was a good and loving Father, right? I was blessed in so many ways, and I could easily see that. But the truth was is that in my young adult life, I hadn't yet walked through a season that forced me to really dig into my faith and to evaluate how secure that foundational belief was. But God, in all His infinite wisdom, He had a plan to expose my insecurities and challenge my identity. So after Jason and I got married and a couple years into it decided to try for a family, when we entered into that season of infertility, that was the hardest season of my life. But see, that season also cultivated a spiritual growth in me that wouldn't have happened any other way. Because that season broke me, it forced me to surrender my own will, but out of that I developed this deeply personal and raw relationship with Christ. See, all those things that I had proclaimed about God before, that he was a good father, that he was faithful to his promises, those were being tested in that season. And not only am I internally struggling with that, but God's calling me to be really vulnerable in a public way, to use my platform as a worship leader to share my struggles in the middle of that storm. See, in that moment, I had to be willing to lay down my insecurities and trust that God was going to give me the strength to share that and to not care what other people thought about me. At the heart of those insecurities really was the question, where do I truly find my identity? Is it in the world or is it in Jesus? Y'all, and I realized that I didn't want my identity to be defined by others. I didn't want to care about what others thought about me, what they liked or disliked. I want my identity to be rooted in who Christ called me to be. Y'all, because my hope, it isn't in the world. My hope is in Jesus, and it's always going to be in Jesus. See, I'm a daughter of the King, and that's what I want people to see when they see me. In that season, as, as my relationship with Christ grew, all those insecurities, they weakened. And that's because a secure identity and who we are only comes from a personal relationship with Christ. You're only going to be able to press into who you really are if you know who He really is. Psalms 139 verses 13 through 14 say, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, it says it right there, y'all. God created every part of you, every part that makes you special. He knows you from the womb to the tomb. 
And right after that, it says his works are wonderful, which means there are no mistakes. There's no part of you that was a mistake to God. And he knows your heart better than anyone. What he's asking is that we open our hearts so that our greatest identity is found in him. And friends, when you do that, there is a peace and a confidence that exists in you that the world can't ever take away. See, without Christ, I was insecure. But in Christ, I'm confident in who I am because I'm confident in who he is. And that's what I want for you today. You may be here and you feel like you're struggling with those same insecurities, that you're not confident in who you are, who he's called you to be. But friends, the good news is, is that we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to have everything we need because our confidence, it comes from who God is in us. Y'all, he's good. He's always been good and he will always be good. Thank you. Good morning. So I'm Zach Harwood, and like we said, I am a middle school minister here at Vortex. And over the past couple of years, what that looks like for me is I've come in on Thursdays, and I mostly help, you know, serve in the student ministry with the middle schoolers and like the middle school students, and it's been such a great time. And I want to say thank you to, first off, my family. I wouldn't be here in life on my journey today if it wasn't for them. My first Sunday here at Vortex was the first Easter that we had, and if my mom didn't drag me out of bed to bring me there, I wouldn't be up here doing this today, so thank you. Then I want to say thank you to Pastor Kevin. You know, my life has just been, you've done so much for me. Your influence, your leadership, the investments you've made in my life, they have furthered me so much as a person, and I'm so thankful for your presence in my life. And then... To the people I work with here at Vortex, you know, it's not too often that you can call your coworkers your friends, but that's something that I have here, and I am beyond thankful for that. It makes being here so much fun. And before I get started, um, you know, I would just want to say that I'm kind of tired of heat that's been over the past couple months, right? Is anybody else ready for the fall season cooler weather to come in, right? Yeah. Another reason I like the fall season, and I'm ready for the fall season, is because of Halloween. And on Halloween, one of my favorite things to do is watch horror movies. And I know not everybody likes that and is excited about <laughs> horror movies. But to me, they're fun. You know, they're exciting. They bring me some adrenaline. Here recently, I've gotten to the point where I just don't, you know, feel that rush anymore. They're not as fun because I've seen them so much. And I've just, I can anticipate what's going to happen. And that takes the fun out of something like that. And the reason I'm talking about horror movies at church is because the topic of what I want to talk to you about is fear. Because without Christ, I was afraid. And I've been living my whole life with fear. And I'm quiet. A lot of you know that. Um, and if you ask someone who did know me, that's probably the first thing they would say about me, you know. <laughs> and when I was in school, I was that kid who was okay taking a hit to their grade if it meant I wouldn't have to get up and present in front of people because I didn't want to talk in front of people. Something else I would also do is talk myself out of good opportunities because I wasn't sure where it was going to lead. I was scared I was going to fail. And it was probably just going to be all around uncomfortable for me. And I found that the reason that things like that kept happening to me is because I had become comfortable with it. I had become comfortable living in that fear. And, I mean, it, it does feel good to live life in the mundane because, I mean, if I'm not taking risks, 
not going to get hurt and I'm going to be safe. But as Christ followers, that's not what we are called to do. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come so you may have life and have it to the full. So when we're living in fear, we're allowing the enemy to take away what God wants for us. When we're living in fear, we're allowing the enemy to take away what God wants for us. And a lot of us are fighting that battle, and we just aren't aware of it in our lives. And that's something I became aware of this past summer in my own life. We took, you know, we took the students on the student summer trip. We took them to a beautiful lake house down in South Carolina. We had a great time that week. And on the first night, Pastor Kevin preached the message, and we were instructed to write I am statements about ourselves, who we thought we were. So we broke off into quiet time. Everybody had around 10 minutes to just fill out a page of who they thought they were. I am blank. And after that was done, I got with the middle school boys that I was helping to lead, and we discussed everybody's I am statements, talked about who they thought they were. And it was a great bonding time. It was, it was very insightful to see where everybody thought they were at. And later that night when I was laying down and I was thinking about you know, what I had written down about myself, my I am statements, came to the realization that everything I said was just rooted in fear. And, you know, like I said, this might not be something you realize in your life. And I want to tell you what fear sounds like. I am not ready. I'm going to fail. I'm going to let them down. And those are lies that we tell ourselves that keep us back from what God wants for us. And I'm going to be honest, when I was writing this talk for y'all, I didn't know who I was supposed to be in Christ. And I, I was reading, and I came across a verse, and it spoke to me in the most perfect and simple way. It told me who I am when I'm with Christ. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 4, I prayed to the Lord, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. See, without Christ, I was afraid. In Christ, I am set free. And if we're just willing to hand over our worries, hand over our fears to God, He will set us free in ways that we, we could never foresee. Because six or seven years ago, you, you wouldn't have seen me on stage or leading other people. And if you would have told me back then that's what I would be doing today, I would have laughed and called you crazy. <laughs> but because I said yes, and because I took that step of faith towards God, my life has been changed in ways that I can't imagine. And it's still being continued to change in ways that I can't imagine. And so as I finish talking to y'all today, I want to ask you a question. Where in your life today are you allowing fear to keep you from saying yes to what God wants for you? Because when you say yes, God will set you free. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Amanda Simmons. I'm Pastor Kevin Simmons' wife. Um, I am super excited to get to share with you, but again, I just want to thank, um, I want to thank Kevin first and foremost, because 
He, uh, while he is an amazing leader and pastor, um, I can say without a shadow of a doubt like that he's an even better um, leader within our family as my husband and as the father to my children. He is a great example within our home. And I get to see the behind the scenes. So I can say that very confidently, not worried about anything because I know what kind of leader he is behind the scenes. And I can assure you, he is a phenomenal leader. Um, I also just want to thank those uh, Vortex Kids volunteers. I do get to serve in Vortex Kids. Any, any Vortex Kids uh, people in here, raise your hand. All right, can we give a round of applause for them? Y'all, I have ADHD and I get super distracted. I could not have my six-year-old and uh, my nine-year-old around me. It would it would be so distracting to me because I'm not I'm not good at that. Um, I, I'm just not. Um, but I wanna I wanna start with um, without Christ, I was a people pleaser. Without Christ, I was a people pleaser. Um, I, I think it's, it's very interesting when I hear people talk to me about how I am in worship. I've had a few people come to me and say, you just seem so free in worship. You just seem so um, just, I don't know, like just open and allowing the Lord to work in you. And I, I find it funny because there's a lot of battles that are represented in that that people are unaware of. Because when I grew up, I didn't know any different than to be a people pleaser. That was part of who I was. Um, it was the way I, I did things. I had this huge fear of being rejected. So I would um, try to be, make sure I fit in, that I was accepted in social circles. I wanted to make sure um, that when I came to church on Sundays, that I stood there like a little soldier with my hands glued to my sides, making sure no one saw me do anything because I did not want to point out anything and make anyone aware of my presence. I didn't even sing the songs of worship. I would mouth them because I was so afraid of what the person next to me would think about me. And while that seems extreme, I can assure you that's just how I lived my life. I made decisions based on fearing disappointment in others. I wanted my parents to be proud of me. I wanted people to accept me. And I did a lot to try to make sure I was in um, everyone's acceptance. And I, I think it's funny when I reflect back on that I didn't know that I was chained to that fear of rejection and people pleasing I had no idea to me it was just the way I lived but how many people know like you don't know you're missing something until God points it out and so God in his loving gracious kindness um, pointed out something to me at of all things a music festival me and, um, at the time, my fiance, now husband, um, went to a music festival in Beaufort. And I remember coming to this stage area. There was a huge crowd of people. Um, and there was a girl in the middle of that crowd. And she was absolutely unaware of the presence of everyone else. Her eyes were closed. Her arms were just flailing. She was feeling every bit of that music. And there was a freedom in her that literally broke me. I saw her and I was crushed. And I can't describe to you the feeling that I had because it was so intense. It was so overwhelming that I had to walk away and I just bawled. 
And Kevin was just like, what's going on? And it was like, I had to explain how God just whispered into my heart, I want that freedom for you. I had no idea I didn't have that freedom until I saw what God saw. He saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And all of a sudden, it became apparent that I needed that freedom, that I needed to be free of what people thought because this girl did not care about what people thought. In fact, around her, people were making fun of her. But I knew that was the freedom that God wanted for me. So while in Christ, I may be a, God, a, a people pleaser, in Christ, I am a God pleaser. I can tell you that that does not mean that I don't love on people. In fact, it's through serving people that I find that pleases God the most. But I have the freedom of not feeling and caring if you reject me or not. In fact, when you see me worshiping on a Sunday morning, what you see is years and years and years of battles that have been fought in my heart represented. So when I lift my hands in praise, when I am surrendered, it is because I have fought through battle after battle after battle with the Lord. And God has, has freed me in ways that I cannot describe. So when you see that, that is the representation of what he has done in my life. There's a scripture verse that I love that represents what's going on in my heart. And it's in Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. We can serve people and love people, but we don't have to be people pleasers. We need to be God pleasers. Because when we are God pleasers, there is a freedom in pleasing Him that you don't have to worry about what others think. That you can live in that freedom and realize He has paid the price for your freedom and He has paid it so that you could be a God pleaser and not worry about being a people pleaser. So in Christ or without Christ, I am a people pleaser, but in Christ, I am a God pleaser. Thank you. Now let me connect those. I think that if I were trying to think about what God is saying us to us today, I, I would just want to encourage you with this, that there's freedom in Him. Think about what Brian said. We're all born into sin. And in sin, there's a lie that tells us where we're going to find satisfaction and meaning. But when God sets us free, we find satisfaction in Him. Think about Maddie. We're bound and chained to fear. And the truth is, I don't care who you are in here. Everybody in here has wrestled with fear. Everybody. I don't care how strong you are. Every person has wrestled with fear. There's freedom from fear. Think about Erica's story and walking through insecurities and knowing that there's something in me, but maybe just not believing in what's in me. Can I just give you some insight? 
insecurity and arrogance are all born out of the same place. It's pride. There's freedom from that. When we get our eyes off of who we are, as Erica said, and onto who he is, there's freedom. Zach talked about defining ourselves through fear. I'm not enough. I'll never be enough. I'm going to disappoint them. But there's freedom from that fear in him. Amanda specifically talked about what it's like to be a people pleaser, somebody who's bound by the fear of man. But there's freedom from that in our relationship with God to say, I'm not going to work. God, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to trust you with the results. There's freedom. This is so important that in the letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul said, it is for freedom he set us free. This is the heart of the message of the gospel. This is why Jesus died. Because every one of us had been sold into slavery, but with his death, he purchased our freedom. Today, I think there are some of us in the room who need that freedom. Your marriage is suffering. Your emotions are suffering. Your career is suffering. Your relationships are suffering. Your relationship with your kid is suffering. There's stuff in your life that needs to be surrendered. This is the way. We don't find freedom because we try harder. We find freedom because we're willing to have the courage to stand in front of God and go, God, I give it to you. I take my hands off of it. I'm going to trust you with my marriage. I'm going to trust you with my, my heart and my emotions. I'm going to trust you with my kids and with my career. God, lead me. I don't care where you go. I'll follow you. That's the only way forward. And yes, we, we do that at the grand scheme over our lives, but we do that in small ways. Surrender is not a one and done. Jesus said you take up your cross daily and follow Him. There's a surrender and there are seasons of surrender. Maybe some of you, like Amanda was talking about, have yet to see that until this moment. There's something in your life You've seen it. I need to lay it down. I need to surrender it. I'm not free in that area. It might be your marriage. It might be your kids. It might be your finances. It might be your whole life. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.